Good morning, Matis. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Good Erev Yom Tov. And not only do we say Good Erev Yom Tov, but you could say today itself Good Yom Tov. Why? Because the Erev Yom Tov, the day before Pesach, is in of itself a Yom Tov. Best proof there should only be happy occasions in all our families, but lo aleinu, if someone is sitting Shiva today, today is the only Erev Yom Tov that they get up at Chatzos, mid the day. In the New York area, it is approximately five minutes to one. And why is that? Because today, this afternoon, is the time when the Karban Pesach was brought in the past when we had the Beis HaMikdash, and will be brought in the future when we will have the third Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, ideally, one should not work this afternoon. You can drive and write, but in terms of being at your desk and at the office, that preferably not. You should try to get home as soon as possible, not only to prepare for tonight, to assist in the preparation physically, uh, mentally, in every which way. I'd like to review some of the basic halachos and practices as to what we do today and, please God, tonight. The first thing is but that because the Seder, first Seder, is tonight on a Friday night, so A, the making of salt water, B, the making of haroses, C, the broiling of whatever we have on the Seder plate has to be done before tonight. We cannot do it on Shabbos. In addition, I strongly recommend that you make sure today that you have wine and or grape juice, as we'll talk about, to make sure that ideally you have shmura matzah, and if not for sure, the matzah, and romaine lettuce, which you're going to need for the maror, those who have a strong t- tradition for horseradish, I would recommend romaine lettuce, and then some horseradish. I'd like to start at the beginning. The beginning is your Pesach Seder. And whereas many of us have already been taking in Shabbos early, good to know why you cannot start your Pesach Seder until night. And so the earliest you could be able to start your Pesach Seder is eight, approximately 8.30. Now, the reason for this is the Torah says in the Kriyas HaTorah that we're going to... No, we don't start there. We start later by Mishru. So, the Torah tells us in Parshas Bo that you are to take the 
and eat the Korban Pesach at night. And therefore, all the mitzvos of the night are connected to and influenced by the Korban Pesach. And even though we don't have it yet, I think it's such a powerful idea. We're such an optimistic people. We live as if we have the Korban Pesach. And therefore, the Seder cannot begin until night. The Seder itself, which means order of the evening, follows a very specific order. It is Kadesh, that just as on every Friday night, every Yom Tov night, we recite Kiddush, so too tonight. However, a few very important differences. All year long, only the one who recites Kiddush from the letter of the law has to drink. Everybody else, it's nice if they get some of the wine, but they're not obligated to drink. Tonight, everybody has to drink four cups of wine. Let's get to it right now. Don't let that scare you. The cup need not hold more than four ounces. That's very important. One need not drink the whole cup. Ideally, that's what you should. But as long as one drinks a majority of the cup, that is sufficient. A little more than two ounces. I say wine because not only is that what the Mishnah teaches us, but when we celebrate family smachot, our children, grandchildren, thank God, get engaged, we don't bring out the grape juice to celebrate. We bring out champagne, we bring out the wine. Similarly, tonight at the Pesach Seder, if one cannot drink the entire cup of wine, mix it with grape juice. But there should be some alcoholic kick and content ideally to it. And think about it. A little bit more than two ounces spaced almost and at least an hour apart, you can do it. Whether you stand or sit for Kiddush, we drink the cup leaning to the left. And that is the first of the simonim of the Seder, the recitation of Kadesh. Unless a family has a tradition otherwise, ideally one person should recite the Kiddush for all based on the concept of Barov Am Hadras Melech and that includes the bracha Bore Priyagafen, the bracha at the end, Shechianu. And, like I said, all you have to do is answer Amen to each of the brachos. You sit down and you drink the wine, leaning to the left. Then, Urchatz, we wash our hands. We wash our hands without a blessing. And the reason for the washing of the hands is A to arouse the curiosity of the young, that they're going to see that we're going to wash 
as we do every Friday and Yom Tov night. But we're not eating other than the next Simon, which happens to be the Karpas, which happens to be a vegetable that we're going to dip into salt water. And the second reason for our washing the hands is a throwback in time to when we had a Beit Mikdash and when we will have it in the future with a greater concern for the laws of purity and impurity and therefore to remove the impurity from our hands, the tumor, we wash our hands because water is a conductor of tumor and if we didn't wash our hands, our hands which are tamay, impure, would impart this impurity to the vegetable. And we're careful about this on the night of the Pesach Seder. And to me, this is a very significant aspect of optimism. We had, we will have another Beis HaMikdash. After that comes the Yachatz. Every Friday night in Yom Tov we have two Chalot. Tonight we have three matzah, and now we break the middle matzah, and the larger half is put away for the afikoman, again, arousing curiosity, the children hide it, whatever the different children find it, whatever the different traditions are in your home. However, what is important to know is that the Torah calls matzah lechem Oni, in Devarim. And Oni means poor. A poor man, when he gets a loaf, breaks it in half, puts away something for the future. On over this broken piece of matzah, and in front of the different tables, if you have more than one table, but certainly in front of the one who is leading the Seder, there is to be matzah, because now we are beginning the next simon, which is the Magid, which is to tell the story of the Exodus from Egypt. Let me tell you, tonight there are two biblical mitzvos, to eat matzah and to tell the story. And this telling of the story is so significant. A, we tell it over matzah. And in your own mind, there is a kind of tension, tension between the matzah and the wine. Just as every Friday night and tonight, we're going to make Kiddush over wine, we are reciting the Haggadah over the matzah. So there are times we accentuate the matzah, and there are times when we lift up the cup of wine that we cover the matzah, not to a, embarrass, and to accentuate the wine. Now, my strong recommendation is that just as we are preparing so many different things for tonight, prepare in your mind what you're going to say and how you're going to tell the story of the Exodus. As we're taught pending upon your audience, pending upon your children, grandchildren are going to be there, their age and their sophistication. You're going to talk to a college and high school student one way. You're going to talk to an elementary school 
child one way, a nursery child another way, and then each one in accordance with their sophistication. But give some thought how you're going to impart this in a way that's going to be exciting to them to remember, that they too should feel, as we say towards the Magid conclusion, that in every generation a person is to feel as if they left Egypt. Tell them what was going on in Egypt when you get to the ten plagues. When you get to the plague of Dam, stop for a moment and talk about how the Torah tells us that not only were their waterways changed to blood, but the Torah says, in Boetzim Uvor Avonim, in the wood and in the stone. Now listen carefully. Picture over their mantle place in Egypt the various idols that they had, made of wood and made of stone. And yes, yes, the moisture within it started to, quote, drip out. It looked as if their idol itself was bleeding. This is just one of the many examples give over that they saw the Jewish people, God's incredible involvement personally. Right, wrong, a Jewish man was drinking water from the same cup of water that an Egyptian was drinking. To the Jew, it continued and it stayed water. To the Egyptian, it became blood. Now note, this is not a general kind of a plague only, that their waterways became blood. But think, for each and every Jew, it was a specific miracle and divine providence. Magid begins with Maschil Begnus Umesayim Bishvach. We begin with the degradation, we end with the positive. There's so much to say, and I strongly recommend that you involve all of the people around the table to read paragraphs in whatever language they understand. The Haggadah can be said in any language as long as the people understand that we begin with Holach Ma'anya, which is in Aramaic. We then move on from the Magid, and we finish it with the Bracha of Ga'al Yisrael. Interesting, from the Chassam Sofer, there is no Bracha over the Magid and the recitation of the Haggadah. And he says the Bracha is Ga'al Yisrael at the end. My goodness, why are we saying the Bracha at the end? Listen to this. The same way that we are to feel tonight as if we left Egypt, we are to feel tonight as well, Mitchila, Ovdei Avodah we all come from Terach, the father of Abraham, who was an idolater. Well, tonight there was a transformation, please God, in each and every one of us. We go from the concept of an idolater to not only a monotheist, but attached to God, Baruch Hashem, So listen carefully, just like a convert cannot recite his blessing when he immerses in a mikvah until after he comes up out of the mikvah, so too we don't recite our blessing of Ga'al Yisrael until the conclusion of the Magid when there's been this 
personal transformation from an idolater within each and every one of us to, wow, someone who is close to Hashem. Rachza, we go back into the kitchen, we wash our hands, Natilas Yadayim, this time with a blessing for the next one, Motzi and Matzah, the one that has the two and a half matzahs in front of him, he should recite two blessings. Ideally, he says the two blessings for everybody. First one being Hamotzi, second one being Al Achilas Matzah. And he, the one that said the two blessings, should eat two Kezayas, and the one everybody else has to eat but one Kezayas of Matzah, leaning to the left. That's very important. I'll suggest a possible reason why leaning to the left, just because Roman aristocracy did. Well, basically, this is another way of saying, I heard from one of my teachers so beautifully, that we are saying to our enemies, the Romans, you persecuted us, you took the Temple Mount, and you plowed it over. There was a period of time that for a hundred years you wouldn't allow a Jew into Jerusalem. Where are you today? Long gone. And we have outlived our enemies. And I believe that might be a very interesting explanation for the Haseba, for the leaning. Eat the matzah, leaning to the left. When you're eating the matzah, don't talk. Meaning, listen carefully. Right before you put it in the mouth, don't let anybody see this, but you know yourself what you're going to do. You're going to give the matzah a little kiss. This is the only biblical mitzvah of eating that we have all year long. If you're using a hand shmura matzah, a third. If you're using a machine shmura matzah, a half. If you're using other matzah, approximately a half of the matzah. And don't put salt on it. Don't put jelly on it, don't put anything on it, leaning to the left, listen, and within four minutes, you can eat it comfortably, you don't have to stuff yourself, eat it comfortably, and contemplate how this is michla demem nusa, bread of faith, the faith that they showed in Egypt, and the faith that we have all year long in God. Tonight, the matzah is a kind of vitamin of faith. After the matzah comes maror. The maror ideally is the romaine lettuce, based upon the Mishnah and Psachim, which lists five different vegetables. Take my word for it. The reason why horseradish is so popular, and so many of our grandfathers and great-grandfathers had horseradish, is because they didn't have lettuce where they lived. It just wasn't there. You had no choice. Today we have the opportunity. And I heard from one of my colleagues a very pretty idea. The romaine lettuce is not so bitter, but ay ay ay, think of it, the gullus, the exile that we are in today, for too many of us is not so bitter either. We live nicely, we have all kinds of freedoms here in this country. Where is the exile? So that's very important for us to talk about, not while you're eating the mara, but during the course of the evening as well, that we are in exile. And what we say in Halach Ma'anya, 
Now we are out of our land, and please God, next year we will be where we deserve. We're going to be home. We're going to be in Eretz Yisrael. We're going to have a third Beis Hamikdash. This is Marar. You should eat a nice size piece of Marar, whether you have the stems of the romaine lettuce, whether you have the stalks, rather, whether you have the leaf itself, nice sized piece, we don't lean to the left, we dip it in the haroses, shake it off, and eat it, and we recite the blessing. Again, one person can say it for all, al-achilas moror. Then we have the koreich, the sandwich of the matzah and the moror. Question in the Talmud, how is it to be eaten separately together? And we satisfy both schools of thought. First separately, and then afterwards, having the sandwich of the matzah and the mara. Then comes the shulchan oreich, the meal which we have on the night of the Pesach Seder. Many have the custom of starting the meal with a hard-boiled egg dipped in salt water. Interestingly, we pray it's going to be different, but the calendar is set up in such a way that the first night of the Pesach Seder corresponds to the first night of the night of Tisha B'Av. And so this year, Tisha B'Av is on a Friday night. We will fast on Shabbos. We would fast Saturday night and Sunday. We pray it's going to become a holiday. So it's a reminder to us, the egg of just that, the egg, which is the meal that the mourner eats when he comes back from the cemetery. The meal itself, pending upon your family custom. Many Ashkenazim don't eat roasted on this night, specifically to show that we are not yet partaking of the uh, Karban Pesach. Svardim, many do have a custom to eat meat, reminding us as to what is going to be, please God, in the very near future. Enjoy the meal. During the course of the meal, talk about many of the different aspects of the night. Keep the talk, if you can, focused on the Yom Tov, as opposed to the politics, the primaries, etc., etc. Now, Safun, the dessert of the Seder night is a piece of matzah. Now, clearly, that one piece of afikoman is not sufficient to go around for everybody. So whether you get a piece of that, quote, afikoman or not, is secondary. You need to eat a kezayis worth of matzah, that same size that you had when you first ate the matzah at the end of the meal. According to the rush, this is a reminder of the Korban Pesach, which was eaten with matzah and maror at the end of the meal. And, listen carefully, according to the Rashbam, Rashi's grandson, this is the actual fulfillment of matzah, because matzah was eaten with the Korban Pesach at the end of the meal. And so, again, Try to have the afikoman by 5 to um, 1, and we eat the afikoman leaning to the left. When we finished the maggid section, we had the second cup of wine. Once again, ideally, 
one person says the Bari Pragofin for all. We're now up to Borech, which is the recitation of Pirkas Mazon, the grace after meals, third cup. After the Pirkas Mazon is over, we all drink from the third cup, leaning to the left. Then, after that, comes Halil. We complete the Halil. We started the first two paragraphs concluding the Magid section, and now we complete the Halil. How interesting that Halil is never broken up. How interesting that Halil is never said at night. How interesting that we didn't say the bracha. The rabbis look upon this Halil as a spontaneous one. Tonight we were taken out, we burst forth into Halil, song of praise to Hashem. And so the conclusion of the evening is the singing of the Halil, and after that we have the fourth cup of wine, leaning to the left, and then Nirtza. Nirtza is literally nothing less than a prayer. We pray to God from the word Ritzay, which is used in conjunction with Korbanos, the Nirtza lo, the Chaper Olav. We ask that Hashem please look upon our Pesach Seder that we did, we hope, in accordance with all the exact details. And it should be looked upon by God as if we brought the Korban Pesach. And please God, once again, we will do it in the very near future. One or two points. A very interesting idea. In every generation, a person is to feel, as we say in the Haggadah towards the end of Magid, as if they left Egypt. How can that be? So I heard beautiful machshava. We all understand the word geula to mean redemption, but the word geula can mean something else as well. In the fourth chapter of the book of Rus, the word geula there means a kinyan, acquisition. And so tonight is a night of geula. Tonight is a night of acquisition between God and the Jewish people and between the Jewish people and God. It's a love story that's acted out tonight. Interestingly, many have the custom of, if you're still up at the end of the Seder, of singing, of saying Shira Shirim, once again, the love story between God and the Jewish people. There's a custom. The one leading the Seder wears a kittel, the white robe, according to the... Will come to me in a moment. The reason why we wear the kittel at the Seder is the Nitziv, in his introduction to his Haggadah, says that we wear the kittel to remind us as to the way the eight korbanos in the time of the Beis Hamikdash once again putting us in that kind of a mode. And finally, tomorrow, Mirza Hashem, we um, have in Shul the Kriyas Torah of Yitzias Mitzrayim coming from 
the latter part of Parshas Bo, Be'etzim Hayom on this very day. Tomorrow is a Shabbos. We are to eat Shalosh Seudos. Tonight's Seder is the first meal. Tomorrow when you come home from lunch is the second meal. And try to eat your Shalosh Shudas earlier in the day, whether you split the lunch, but earlier in the day as opposed to later, so that you have once again a healthy appetite towards the Seder which is why today, this afternoon, your kitchen should really close in terms of your eating anything substantive after 4 o'clock in order that, or 4.30, in order that you should be able to have a healthy appetite for tonight. In tomorrow night's Kiddush, it's a longer Kiddush, it's Yak Nahaz, we include the Havdalah into tomorrow night's Kiddush. I take this opportunity of wishing Matis and all our listeners and friends, a chag kosher v'sameach. So much preparation goes into it. Enjoy the Seder. Enjoy the mitzvahs of the Lila. A good Shabbos and a good Yom Tov to all.